Good day to you. This is Pastor Greg Proctor of Victory Worship Center. I'm so pleased to be able to have this opportunity to share this series with you from the pastor's desk. This is a series that is a little more intimate, and it's a time where you and I can come together, and I can kind of share with you from my morning devotion time uh, where the, the direction, the correction, and just the provision that the Lord is wanting to bring in our lives to help us to just be more like Jesus in a fallen world, just to understand that you and I, that we really are new creatures. We're new creations in Christ Jesus. And uh, with that reality, we've got to understand that we've got an enemy out there who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He's seeking after those who he may devour. And so you and I, we've got to study to show ourselves approved where we can be in that place of protection. And so today I want to share uh, just this devotion with you from this morning. Now, sin is sneaky, but the Savior sees all. Yeah, sin may be sneaky because the origin of sin is Lucifer, is Satan, is that old devil. He goes by many names and he has many offices. And, and the word calls him in the book of Genesis as a serpent in that office, the most subtle beast of the field. So sin and the origin thereof is sneaky. But praise God, you and I, we have a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who sees all. And so we're going to talk about uh, a sneaky strategy of sin, but we're going to talk about how your Lord, my Lord, Jesus the Christ, has an avenue to make us wiser than the serpent and harmless as doves. So let, let's just open up with something that we can relate to uh, from our time in school. You know, the life cycle of a frog, it's known as metamorphosis. It is the transition of a tadpole to an adult frog. And, and this life cycle, as you well know, as I'm taking you back to uh, eighth grade science probably, uh, the life cycle starts with an egg and then it hatches into a tadpole and the tadpole eventually gains hind and front legs and it turns into what is called a froglet. And as the froglet begins to grow, it leaves the water and then eventually it turns into an adult frog. You say, well, that's all fine and well, uh, Pastor Greg, but why are we speaking of tadpoles? Why are we talking about frogs in, in today's devotional that's supposed to be about the sneaky strategy of sin? Well, here's why. You see, the devil copies everything that the Lord has for our good, for his evil. See, our Father, he is a creator. But the devil, he has to copycat. And he copycats in the negative, in the evil sense. So let's open up our Bibles, if you would, to the great book of Romans, uh, the epistle written to the church at Rome, uh, Romans chapter 12. And let's read the first two verses and let's remind us, uh, remind ourselves of what the Word of God says. Romans 12 and 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse number two, and be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed. 
uh, this transformed is this metamorphosis. Metamorpho from, is where this word transformed is from, from the Greek. And be not transformed to this world, but be you transformed. In other words, the world is going to try to transform you, try to conform you, try to shape you, to mold you to itself. But Jesus makes it very clear that you and I, were not of this world. We are pilgrims, hallelujah, passing through. Once again, verse number two, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now let's read it in the uh, CEV. Dear friends, God is good. So I beg you to offer your bodies to him as a living sacrifice, pure and pleasing. That's the most sensible way to serve God. Verse 2, don't be like the people of this world, metamorphosis, but let God change the way you think. Then you will know how to do everything that is good and pleasing to him. Isn't that something? You and I, uh, by receiving the word of God, we can have our minds renewed. We can have it filled with the word of God and actually have the way that we uh, compute the way we process information, we can have it changed from all the negative things that we've been programmed with uh, as we grew up in this world uh, before salvation, and we can have it come in alignment and have our thought process to actually produce the very mind of Christ. Because 1 Corinthians 2.16 tells you and I that uh, by the Holy Spirit in our spirit, we have the mind of Christ. And we have to learn how to, Paul wrote to the church at Philippi in Philippians chapter 2, how to let that mind that was in Christ Jesus be in us. How do we do that? By pulling this word by the Holy Spirit through our spirit into our mind, our soul, our mind, willing emotions, and renewing it. See, it's the Lord's plan to change you and I, metamorphosis, moment by moment, to think just like him to talk like him until one day at his coming, at the sounding of that trumpet, or when you and I, if we happen to go by the way of the grave, whatever it might be, but at the day of his coming, the day of our uh, coming back together with him, we will be exactly like him. But the enemy of your soul, the enemy of my soul is a copycat from the evil side of things. So, he presents his words, his sin, little by little, hoping we'll be too no, too busy to, to, to notice, to pay attention, until the little fox spoils the vine, until that sin grows and it changes into something else in our lives. Think about Pharaoh and how he was in opposition uh, to God. He was in opposition to Moses as deliverer and he dealt with the frogs. Uh, it grew and it grew and it grew. Another study for another time. But we've got to see how sneaky sin is. In the epistle of James, James chapter 4, verse number 17 in the King James, it says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. In the contemporary English version, it says, if you don't do what you know is right, you have sinned. 
very plain. Sin is sneaky, right? Sin begins so cleverly as we uh, just are living our lives, it'll sneak up on us. And our, our, our flesh will try to override what we feel in our in our spirit, our, our, our soul that has not been renewed, that part of our mind, will, and emotions that hasn't been changed by the Word of God. Uh, it'll get an impulse from the flesh, from the carnal man, the old nature, and, and uh, it'll try to pull back. And if we know better, right here we have the, the Word of God that tells us that that is sin. So sin is very sneaky, and it's just a simple act of disobedience. See, a word or, a, or an image may flash across my mind, uh, my eye gate. I may hear something that goes past my ear gate, and then a desire. It arises within my own nature, within this, uh, th this soul realm, within this flesh realm. If I allow that uh, very desire to hang around, Instead of obedient, being obedient to the Word of God, what does the Word of God tell me? See, the Word of God tells me in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, I'm to cast down vain imaginations. So if I don't do what the Word of God has told me to do, then I have just sinned. So when I entertain uh, th those words, those feelings, uh, those things that come in and of from this world, I've got to see that that is a sneaky strategy of the devil to slowly change the way I look at things, the way I feel about things. It wants me to uh, to grieve the spirit where I become more sensitive uh, to a lie, to a feeling, rather than being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and the faith that he has gave me. So, the image that is presented to me, uh, it, it, it starts growing stronger. And it starts a metamorphosis in reverse. It starts pulling me away from what the Lord has for me. Uh, and once a little frog has gone from a seed to a tadpole, or the, um, pardon me, the little thought has gone from a seed to a tadpole and then to a frog, then I've got a problem, just like Pharaoh did in, in the book of Exodus. Uh, so I've got to come back and I've got to let the word of God have the first and final say. I've got to understand that when I call on the name of the Lord, when I name Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, the word Lord is from a Greek word, kurios, which it means supreme in authority. When I make him supreme in authority, he has the first and the final say. So God's word teaches me that I could have demolished this little image while it was little, while it was small. But if I don't do that, I need to be wise enough to see and understand that it will involve, it will grow, it will expand into something that's completely different than what the devil showed me. See, the devil shows me uh, the, 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 the new job, the new car, uh, the new home, uh, shows me all the things without the cost, shows me uh, things that would get my uh, old carnal nature's attention, that would work in the soul realm, and, and all of those things. But he never shows me, he never shows you the price. There is a great price to pay. He, he promises much, 
but he offers nothing other than than uh, sadness and uh, all the things that leads to death. That's the truth. But see, it, this little image that first popped itself up is that if I don't cast it down and as it starts evolving in my life, as this metamorphosis takes place, it begins to make demands on my time. I start choosing that over my family. I start choosing that over my job. I start choosing that especially over my God. I, I, I allow that image that is metamorphosing, that is changing, better said, that is growing. I, I, I let it have my resources. I, I let it have my existence. And ultimately, if I don't stop it, if I don't repent and turn back to the Lord, this sneaky strategy of sin, it'll have my destiny. So what once was an option, you know, I could take that image or leave it. But now that it has grown and it has enveloped me, it has a strong hold in my life, now it's become a slave driver. It's become, the the Bible says, whatever I yield to, that will uh, become the dominating factor in my life. Look at John eight thirty four. I I, I want to have the truth. The truth is the word of God. The truth makes me free, uh, and that truth is the word of God. That truth is Jesus Himself. But if I yield to other things and I don't do what the Bible says, and I, it becomes a sin to me, sin separates me from God. And as I'm separated from God, then I'm getting closer to the old way of thinking and the old way of living. And that will pull me back. Sin is sneaky, right? See, we see this happen over and over all through the word of God, all through scripture. We get in trouble when we're not even concerning what the devil is trying to sow in us. He's wanting to get in your heart. He's wanting to get in my heart. Let's think about King David just for a moment. He was supposed to be leading the army of Israel, but he was not in his place. And what you and I need to write down on the table of our heart, what we need to always keep before the frontlet of our eyes is your place when you're in your place in the body of Christ, you have the anointing of God on your life for that place. And that anointing of God, it guarantees your success. But when you're out of God's place, you're giving place, Ephesians 4.27, you're giving place to the devil. See, the Bible says, neither give place to the devil, neither give spot, neither give opportunity depending on what translation you want to read. But the word has to do with topography. Uh, that, that's where we get our English word topography from. So I don't need to give a location in my life, in my heart, in my thought pattern, in my desires, in my plans. I can't give place to the devil. Because if I do, then I've got a problem. Here, King David, all of a sudden, uh, anointed to be king, a great servant of the Lord, uh, a great writer of the Psalms, uh, a great leader, uh, very successful in all of his battles and all of these things, but he gave place to the devil. Turn with me to Second Samuel chapter 11, and let's meditate upon the steps of King David going downward. He goes down from the rooftop to the grip of hell. 
And we've got to see that you and I are either going to be climbing higher in the Lord or we're going to be glowing lower, growing lower in the work and the plan of the enemy. Second Samuel 11, 1 through 5. And it came to pass after the year was expired, at the time when the kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all of Israel. And they that they destroyed the children of Ammon and they besieged Rabbah. But David tarried. Now notice this. Notice this. Underline it in your mind's eye. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. Verse 2. And it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? Verse 4, And David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness. And she returned into her house, and the woman conceived, verse 5, and the woman conceived and sent and told David and said, I am with child. Now, I find this very interesting that when you and I, when we're about our father's business, we're in that place where our focus, we're looking unto the author and the finisher of our faith. We're looking unto Jesus. But the moment that we give place to the enemy, all of a sudden, he sets us up to be able to put a vain imagination in our life. His strategy of sin is very sneaky. See, uh, in the contemporary English version, it says, uh, starting in verse 2, late one afternoon, David got up from a nap and was walking around on the flat roof of his palace. A beautiful young woman was down below in her courtyard, bathing as her religion required. It says, David happened to see her, and he sent one of his servants to find out who she was. Now notice, he happened to see her. There's no such thing as happened to see her. Our steps are either being ordered by the Lord or they're being ordered by the enemy. See, when we're in the right place with the Lord, the steps of a righteous person are being ordered by the Lord. When we pull away from that, we better be on guard. And even this servant had a word for David. He said, her name is Bathsheba. This is her daddy. This is her husband. But yet that did not stop David because he did not cast down this vain imagination. The devil showed David one thing. And he got something completely different. King David, he sees Bathsheba taking a bath. That was the seed that went from a tadpole to a full-fledged frog. See, King David, he could have stopped because he is God's anointed. He could have stopped. Uh, but what happened? The desire, that image, that seed, it started growing. And his desire, it was aroused. Instead of demolishing this image, as I said just a moment ago, this seed, 
instead of giving it to the Savior who sees all. See, this is the only hope that you and I have. We have grace. We have the grace of God, and that grace of God comes through our relationship with Jesus Christ. And we've got to believe that our Lord and Savior, that he's ever liveth to make an intercession for us. He's on the right hand of the Father, praying for us, in other words. He sees all. And we've got to learn to draw strength from him. We've got to learn how to humble ourselves under his hand and let him exalt us. Draw strength from his position in your life. I have to draw strength from his position in my life. See, this metamorphosis, it occurs rapidly. If he would have let the relationship he had with God help him, everything would have been different. But no, King David, he spends the next 23 verses trying to cover up his sin. What King David would not kill, now mark this down on your table of your heart, what King David would not kill at the start killed Uriah. Not only that, his marriage, and it brought a curse upon King David's family line. 2 Samuel 12, 9 through 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 9 through 12. This is Nathan the prophet bringing the message to David. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and hast taken his wife to be thy wife and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Verse 10. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thy house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thy own house, and I will take thy wives before thy eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. For thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all of Israel, and before the Son. Now, our Father is a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. So if you're in a place right now where uh, the enemy is trying to bring a sneaky sin in your life, then call out on the Savior who sees all and ask him uh, to give you strength. The Bible says that the grace of God is sufficient. Uh, and, And that's a little weak really what it says from the Greek, that the grace of God is enough. In other words, whatever you need in your life to overcome, to have the victory, if you'll turn that sneaky sin to the Savior who sees all, he'll have a word for you. He'll have the grace for you. So call out on the Father who is a God of grace, a God of mercy. Call out now in repentance. He will hear your cry. He's forgiven me many times of my ignorance and my shortcomings. I'm so thankful that we have a loving Father, but we've got to call out to Him. We have not because we ask not. We need to call out to Him. Ask Him to help you to stay hooked up with the eyes of the Savior. Help your eye gate. Ask Him, say, Father God, in Jesus' name, help my eye gate to be hooked up to the Savior who sees all where this sneaky sin can be seen and it can be demolished moment by moment. Let's close with prayer and a decree. Father, in Jesus' name, I repent of accepting false seed 
and allowing it to grow. I renounce and will replace it as your spirit leads with what the Lord shows me by your Holy Spirit. I decree and declare that the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through you, God. I pull down strongholds and I cast down vain imaginations and every high thing that lifts itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. My thoughts are now subject to the Lordship of Christ. I speak that God's anointing right now destroys every yoke in my life. Hallelujah. I speak that God's anointing, let it be, destroys every yoke in my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Bless you for being with us in this morning devotion from the pastor's desk. If we can help you, contact us. We would love to minister to you in any way. If you're in the local area, come by and be in church service with you, uh, with us. It would be a blessing. Remember, God's word, God's word will change your life.